All right. As we think about this great, great study in Acts, the 13th chapter, we have been looking for uh, quite some time uh, this year, off and on, of an action series, studying through Acts. And of course, there are so many uh, Acts in the book of Acts of the apostles, and one of the greatest known Acts in the book of Acts are the missionary journeys. As a matter of fact, in your Bible, if you have any maps at all in your Bible, I would be really shocked if in the back of your Bible, at least one or two of those maps would not be about Paul's missionary journeys. I want to take just a minute or two just to show you the map uh, here that's on the screen, and then just a moment, a second map, just so that if you're not very familiar with the Bible, this may help you appreciate as you study through Acts the 13th and 14th chapter. This is Paul's first missionary journey, and you see there on the map, uh, which, man, I have got to get glasses. The, you see that they, they begin their journey in Acts the 13th chapter being sent out. And by the way, several, it's been even a few months ago, we did a lesson on being a sending church. And, and we used the text of Acts the 13th chapter verses 1 through 4. And that's why tonight we're not really taking that as our text tonight because we've already studied that in the last few months. But it was the church of Antioch that was a sending church. And you see on the journey there, they, they, uh, Paul and Barnabas covered the island of Cyprus stopping a few places there. They travel over to Pergamum. Now, in, in a little bit later in the text that we are studying tonight, that's very important, and I'll just go ahead and give you the, the why it's important for tonight. That's where John Mark is going to look forward to the journey that's ahead of them, which the journey ahead of them is going to have a lot of high elevation, and it's known for being a dangerous 100-mile trail. When you think of the story of the Good Samaritan, picture that in your mind, and now realize that wasn't some kind of fairy tale. I know it was a parable, but it wasn't some kind of fairy tale where you say, oh, well, that was a good lesson to learn, but that probably never happened in their day and time. No, there were strips of roads that were known for being hideouts for thugs and robbers and thieves. Uh, from Jerusalem to Jericho was very well uh, known and documented as that. And also from Pergamon North, a hundred mile stretch was known for being very, very dangerous. There are several things about tonight's story that we'll study that I just want to be real honest with you. We don't know exactly why he turned back. When Paul and Barnabas uh, decided to part their ways and form two mission trips, we know it was because of the dissension over John Mark, but the Bible never tells us who was right or who was wrong, or maybe neither one of them was wrong. Maybe neither one of them was right. The Bible doesn't tell us that. I would doubt that, that, that it would be true that both of them were wrong. It's just interesting, though, to look at the situation and learn some valuable lessons from it. And so we'll try to do that tonight. But as you see on this missionary journey, they continue over to some smaller areas there, finally ended up in Derby, and then they backtrack around through three or four cities as they make it their way back to Antioch. Now, because of John Mark turning back, when they make it back and they get ready, in the, by the way, in the 15th chapter, if you look at the end of the 15th chapter, you see beginning of verse 36, they start making their plan. You remember in the Great Commission in, at the end of, of the book of Matthew, it really can be told in three parts. They were told to go out and teach, baptize, and continue teaching. Well, they went out on the first missionary journey and they taught and they baptized. And we see the discussion throughout Acts, the 15th chapter. And, and just let's just read a couple of verses together in 36. Then after some days... 
Paul said to Barnabas, let us now go back and visit our brethren in every city where we have preached the word of the Lord and see how they are doing. In other words, if they're not doing so well, let's strengthen them. If they're doing well, let's encourage them to continue. In other words, we've taught them, we've baptized them. Let's go back and let's teach them some more. And so they're fulfilling the the great commission in this. But as you read on, and let's just go ahead and get this story out on the table here. Look at 37. Now Barnabas was determined to take with him John called Mark. But Paul insisted that they should not take with them the one who had departed from them in Pamphylia and had not gone with them to the work. Then the contention became so sharp that they parted from one another. And so Barnabas took Mark and sailed to Cyprus. But Paul chose Silas and departed. Now this is interesting. Paul and Silas departed being commended by the brethren to the grace of God. You've got to wonder, is there anything in the meaning there when they were commended by the brethren, but it does not say that Barnabas and John Mark were commended by the brethren. Maybe they were, maybe that just wasn't recorded. Like I say, there's a lot of things that we just can't study tonight and say, this is exactly how it went down, and we know who was in the right, who's in the wrong. But, it's, but definitely there's some life lessons that we can learn from this. And, and let's look at this second map real quick, and then we'll go right into this study. As we look at the second map, you see how Paul and Silas's missionary journey really covered so much more territory. As, as we think about, think about it, this just isn't a trip. This is spreading the gospel. This is spreading the New Testament church. It began in Jerusalem, and now they're spreading miles and miles all the way over to Corinth, which would be Greece. And, and it's really an amazing, amazing uh, trip that they took and success that they had. And not on this map, but you, uh, you see, it's not documented on this map, but you see the island of Cyprus. Remember, that's where the first missionary trip covered and noted as we just read, that's where Barnabas and John Mark decided to go back. So they were now doing the follow-up back in that area. And then you see that inland, they traveled north, that being Paul and Barnabas, and they actually covered the ground of some of the northern cities. So as two teams, they ended up going back and following up, it appears, with most every congregation that was established in the first missionary journey. All right, in the time that we have, let's just give some bullet point thoughts about these three men. Uh, the title of the lesson tonight, what are we going to do with John Mark? Have you ever noticed that you can't go through life without situations? Sometimes it's good situations. Sometimes it's, it's situations of contention and stress. Sometimes, notice it wasn't because of doctrinal matters. It wasn't because one was following the Word of God and one wasn't following the Word of God that they said, we're going to part our ways as, as a mission team. The mission team was split, but it appears to be matters of judgment. But you know, that's a good life lesson. We're not ever going to get away from situations. If you're hoping that sometime your family will never have a situation, you're not living in reality. If you're thinking that the church family at Mountain Juliet will, will just continue for day after day, week after week, month after month without dealing with situations, friends, there will always be situations. You name any event that's of any major uh, involvement that we have, and there are always situations that have to be worked through. Uh, sometimes they're very positive. Sometimes they're very painful. So, so as we study tonight, let's be aware of the fact we're not trying to avoid situations in life. We just want to make sure that we walk through those doing what is right and that when all is said and done, God is glorified. 
Do you realize that it may be one of the reasons why not a lot is said about which one was in the right or which one in the wrong? Because it looks like when all was said and done, God was receiving the glory because neither man stopped being a missionary. We had one missionary team, and by the time this contention is over with, we have two missionary teams that are very committed to sharing the Word of God. How are we going to deal with situations? Let's make sure that we have an end like that. We may not always agree on judgment calls, which the beauty for us is that we have an eldership. And I really think that's what 1 Corinthians, the first chapter in verse 10 is teaching us. In areas of doctrine, we follow the Lord. As a church family, in areas of judgment, we follow the elders. We can always have unity as long as that is the case. And so as we think about situations and we think about judgment calls and then we think about this final end, let's just make sure God is always glorified in it. We're not always going to have the same opinion. But let's make sure that as we live our life, that God is always glorified. So what lesson can we learn from Paul? It's interesting to think about Paul. Whenever John Mark, and by the way, if you want to go back and study this more on your own, it's in the 13th chapter, beginning at verse 13. You see that now when Paul and his party set sail from Paphos, and they came to Pergama, to Perga, and in Pamphylia, and John, notice this, departing from them, returned to Jerusalem. Now notice it didn't say John warmly bid them farewell. Even though it's in simple language here, it's important the choice of words. He departed from them. It's actually the idea in the original Greek of breaking away from. In other words, they were a mission team. And he decided to break away from the mission team. And so it's not a warm farewell He's looking ahead at, no doubt, a very high increase in the evolution, uh, uh, evolution of the uh, uh, geography. And, and, uh, and so as he's looking at this steep climb, he's looking at this long road, he's looking at 100 miles of danger. We don't know for sure what it was. Some of that was probably in the mix. Now, you can tell by looking at the map. If you, can we, let's go back to the first map real quick. And you see there... That, that was a long uh, journey. If you see down in this bottom right-hand corner is Jerusalem. So it wasn't like he was looking at the next city and saying, Jerusalem is just five miles down the road. Hey, guys, I tell you, I'm going to see you later. I'm going to cut out early. There must have been something pretty serious going on in the mind of John Mark that he would be with a mission team and then turn around and say, I'm going to travel back on my own those hundreds of miles. Uh, We don't know what was happening, but we do know this. Paul did not seem to be very merciful when it came around to the second opportunity for him to go. It would have been six years later. And you would think that probably Paul would be saying, Oh yes, let's let's forgive him. Let's, Let's mend this thing up. He'll be great for the second missionary journey. But he didn't. I don't know if Paul was right or wrong in that. You don't know that. We just have to make our assumptions about some of this. If, and I put a big capitalized IF here, if Paul was wrong, I can't help but wonder, was it because he had had so many great opportunities in his life? And have you ever noticed that sometimes the greater our opportunities in life are, the less mercy we have on other people? That's an important life lesson. Paul, who are you? Well, before I became a Christian, Philippians, the third chapter, I was the man among the Jews. Nobody could boast 
of better things than me. I was born in the right family. I was circumcised the eighth day. I was a Hebrew of Hebrews. I was sent off to an Ivy League school for my day and time. I was in the career of climbing up the spiritual, uh, the religious ladder of success. I was zealous in persecuting. In other words, Paul literally had every opportunity that a Jew would ever want growing up. And then what happened? Imagine if this was your conversion story. Hey, uh, Paul, tell us how you became a Christian. Well, Jesus Christ came to me. Is that not an opportunity? I mean, Jesus Christ came and talked to me on the road to Damascus. And then once he became a Christian, was he your average Christian? No. He was an apostle that excelled as a missionary and as a writer. Do you see what I'm saying? Paul was a man of opportunity. And he did take advantage of every opportunity that God gave him. I'm not trying to take his knees out and under him. It's just a fact that Paul was a man of great opportunities and he took full advantage of them all. And now we see a time that maybe, maybe he should have had a little more mercy toward John Mark. And he just doesn't show it at this point in time. Have you ever noticed that when you feel like you're on top of your game and on top of the world... It's hard to show mercy to others that aren't. But have you ever noticed that when you're down and out, it's a lot easier to sympathize with others that are down and out? I just spoke to you from our human nature. That should not be our spiritual nature. Our spiritual nature should be, even when we have wonderful opportunities and we're taking advantage of those, that we still are people of compassion. Blessed are the merciful for they shall obtain mercy. One of the great passages in the Beatitudes. Let's make sure that every time God gives us an opportunity, we take full advantage of it, but let's make sure that as we walk through that opportunity, we never cease to be merciful to those around us that maybe have not been so blessed. Now second, what lesson can we learn from Barnabas? Did you notice in the reading here, that Barnabas is probably in the Scriptures one of the men that played second fiddle better than anybody we could ever know. I'd like for you, if you have your Bible open, look back at the 12th uh, chapter. And we've got to make this point really quick and start moving this lesson to a close. Look at the end of the 12th chapter. And you know in the Bible, the order of names matters. And I'd like for you to notice the order of names as, as we're about to go into the first missionary journey. It's the 12th chapter in verse 25. And Barnabas and Saul returned from Jerusalem. Who's the leader there? Barnabas is the leader there. All right, we're, we're, now they're going to be called by the Spirit on the first missionary journey, the 13th chapter in verse 2. And they ministered to the Lord and fasted. And the Holy Spirit said, now separate to me Barnabas and Saul. So now this first missionary journey is about to take off. Who, who is the leader? Barnabas is the leader. Now notice as the missionary journey, this very first missionary journey continues, look at verse 13, and you talk about a change. Now when Paul and his party set sail, don't you wonder, first time Barnabas would go back and reread what Luke recorded here? What? Where did I go? Man, I, w- I was first in line down through here. Now all of a sudden, not only is Paul first, I'm not, now I'm just a party. Friends, wouldn't all of us be humble enough to say 
that that would be a hard pill to swallow in ways. To start out a missionary journey being the leader, to actually be the one that had a lot to do with Paul's success spiritually, and then before this trip is half over, now it's Paul. And then when this trip is finished, think about the chronological order here. They talk about how they're going to do the second trip. And you can imagine kind of that leadership of, of Barnabas kicks in and says, Hey, i tell you what we're going to do. We're going to take John Mark with us. And the leader Paul says, Oh, no, we're not. And this guy that has had to move from first position to second fiddle, is saying, oh, now he doesn't, this isn't recorded. You just wonder if it wasn't, hey, I've been letting you lead a lot lately. But I'm telling you, John Mark's coming with us. Well, I'll tell you what, I know I've been leading a lot lately and I'm still the leader. John Mark is not coming with us. He departed from us. He turned his back on us before. We're not having a second missionary trip like that first one with him. Maybe we'll get to heaven and we'll ask God and we'll find out that this change of leadership had absolutely nothing to do. But it is a fact that there was a change of leadership. And you would think that that was probably a very difficult thing to swallow. Remember how we began this lesson? There are always going to be situations. I don't care what age you are. Middle school, high school, college, young adults, young married, young with children, middle age. It doesn't matter what your age is. I hope everybody here agrees tonight on this one thing. Life is not static. We are all in transitions. Everybody is in a transition. And sometimes we play the lead, and sometime the very next day, we're second fiddle. And I want all of us to ask ourselves tonight, if we're in the lead, or if we're in second, or third, or fourth fiddle, are we willing to do our best and give God the glory and humbly be used where He has placed us? What a challenge that is, but how good and how great it makes God's work when nobody cares who gets the credit except all of it going to God. But then finally tonight, and as we extend the invitation, what about John Mark? You know, when we look at the life of John Mark, I don't think we can pull out much positive to say of the fact that he did turn back. It just doesn't seem like that was the right thing to do. Although not much is recorded about why he did it. It just doesn't come across in the Scriptures that was the right thing to do. But you remember in the book of Colossians, the fourth chapter, and in verse 10, it would have been 12 years after his turning back. Twelve years later, Paul writes these words. Aristarchus, my fellow prisoner, greets you with Mark, the cousin of Barnabas, about whom you've received instructions. If he comes to you, welcome him. What's happened? Whatever it was that was a negative, he didn't stay there. Whatever it was that maybe was a weakness, apparently he overcame it. 
And so now, a little more than a decade later, we see him being referred to again in the Scriptures by Paul. And Paul is, is endorsing him and saying, hey, if that minister comes into your town, you better welcome him. He's great for ministry. And then the second Timothy, the fourth chapter, and if you know your Bible, you know that this is the, as Paul is about to die, he writes this last epistle and he is needing help. And in the 11th verse, he, he writes to Timothy, 2 Timothy 4 and 11, only Luke is with me, get Mark and bring him with you for he is useful to me for ministry. What a compliment. I'm dying. I want my ministry to continue as long as I'm alive and even beyond my life. Well, what do you, what do you need, Paul? I tell you who we need. That good man. That strong man. I tell you who's going to be useful. Who is it? Bring Barnabas, his cousin. John Mark would be a wonderful man for this work. What a turnaround. It's close to 17, 18 years later. Probably as a young man, he showed signs of weakness and then he matured into a great, great minister, a great and faithful Christian. Friends, we're all going to have times of weakness. We're going to have times where we look back and say, I wish I wouldn't have done that. I wish I wouldn't have been that person for that period of time. But what God wants to know and what we can learn from John Mark is in that situation, let's turn it around. Let's get it right so that we'll be useful for the work of the kingdom. There's always going to be situations. Let's learn from Barnabas. Let's learn from Paul. Let's learn from John Mark. And from John Mark, let's learn that lesson to get it right. Let's grow. Let's be useful. Tonight, are you right? If not, get it right. Let's be baptized into Christ if that's what we need to do tonight. Let's be useful in the kingdom. Or if you, you've been baptized and you've left, come back home. Get it right. What God wants to know is what we're going to do right now with our life. If we can help you with that decision, come as we stand, as we sing.